Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who's the sports editor for our Denton County Papers, as well as Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities. And gentlemen, we are here to talk some high school softball playoffs. The uh, the first round of the, of the uh, softball postseason gets rolling on Thursday. Some uh, some by district action. Um, as of now, we kind of have an idea of what the uh, what the matchups are mm-hmm. going to be. There's still a couple uh, you know a couple seating, a couple tiebreakers that are. Still Still to be determined, but um, for the most part, we have an idea of which teams are going to be representing uh, at least uh, you know Class Six A, Class Five A in the playoffs, and we're going to at least devote this uh, this edition of the podcast to previewing Class Six A. We'll do Five A later in the week, but we're going to focus on our Six A uh, districts for this one. Um, starting with, um, let's see, as we look um, as we look across, um, you know, Five Six A and Six Six A, we have an idea of at least. Uh, well, I guess we still don't know who the four seed is going to be out of uh, out of District Five Six A. Marcus and LD Bell, um, at least at the time of this mm-hmm. recording. They're going to play tonight to determine that four seed. The winner of that matchup gets Plano in the first round. But um, we know the other three matchups between those two districts. So let's start with um, with a uh, what's I guess a cross market matchup between the one seed out of five six a Flower Mound and a uh, yeah we can call it a surprising four seed <laughs> yeah. out of uh, out of six six. Anytime you make the playoffs for the first time and or since two thousand five, I, I think that qualifies as surprising. Yeah, sure enough, uh, Allen making a uh, making a uh, a very very imposing return to the uh, to the postseason dance for the first time. In, uh, almost a decade and a half, um, you know, Justin, this this Flower Mound team, it's it's very, I guess, Hebron boys basketball esque. When you look at kind of the, uh, yeah. the, the the backstory to this team, you know what they uh, you know what they went through last year, winning the winning five six A as well, mm-hmm. and then um, you know getting bounced in the first round by I believe it was Wiley at that time, um, but just kind of. Kind of size up. Is it uh, is it a similar Flower Mound team to last year? Or just kind of how are the uh, how do the Lady Jaguars faring in yeah, the playoffs right now? Certainly similar in terms of roster composition. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of players back from last year's team, and um, that was actually the second year in a row Flower Mounds last in the first round. So really, really kind of surprise uh, there because you know before the last two years they had made the. Th- the third round, the regional quarterfinals. Oh yeah, that's, that's a team four. that you just con- you just associate yeah, with deep I playoff think, runs. I think four years, five years in a row, they had made the third round before. Mm-hmm bowing out in the bi-district round the last two years so definitely a little different feeling from a team that's you know traditionally a really strong playoff team but uh second year in a row they've won the district this will be their 13th year in a row in the playoffs overall and wow. as i said a lot of uh, talent back from the team that uh, won the district 5-6a championship last year but lost in the first round mm-hmm. so you have you know one of the area's better all-around players i think in Kendall Jennings, she's back. Uh, Megan Lesko has been a big power bat for Flower Mound mm-hmm. in the middle of the order. You know, they have some other uh, key returners, Grace Meter, Kayla Wallace, some others. Um, last year's uh, catcher of the year, Bailey Brennick, she's having another strong season. And then Caitlin Sadler is having a good year in the circle for Flower Mound. So a lot of uh, experience and a lot of playoff experience back, but nobody that's made it past the uh, the first round. Mm-hmm. So Flower Mound's going to be looking to 
change that against an Allen team. I can't believe it's been 15 years since Allen's it's, softball. It's, 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 it's first time since 05, so I guess 13, yeah. 13 years. It's Like I said, we you kind of had a feeling based on the progress that this Allen team was making over the second half of the season yeah. that the drought was going to end soon just because they are a fairly young team and they had really shown uh, you know a lot of promise in Philip Spaniel's mm-hmm. second year with the team. But to see, um, I mean, you talk about it, if you're going to figure out a way to snap a uh, you know a decade-plus playoff streak, I mean, what a week Allen had. As Taylor, you can attest, you saw their yep. game Tuesday against Plano East. I saw their uh, their regular season finale against Wiley. Games where they both where they had to dig deep and you know scratch and claw, come back from some pretty noticeable de- uh, yep. deficits. What was yep. it? Uh, was it like nine five at one point uh, in, uh, in your game? Tuesday they were down by as many as five, and I think mm-hmm. that was technically three times they were down. I think five nothing, uh, and then like seven two. And then like nine four, mm-hmm. so I think that three separate times they were down five runs, <laughs> if I if I remember correctly, if I'm remembering yeah, that right, because yeah. it was pretty. East got out to a, a four five nothing lead, and then it was back and forth the whole way uh, through eight innings, not seven, but back and forth the whole way from there. So and yeah. then Allen Allen was able to you know rally and win that one sixteen to thirteen in uh, in extra innings to put them in position on Friday where they needed to beat Wiley, who had already clinched a playoff spot. They needed to beat Wiley and then have Plano East lose to Plano, yeah. and um, just kind of following along throughout um, at least your, your tweets from your mm-hmm. game you know relative to you know where both of our games were at and it did seem like you know just as uh, you know just as Plano seemed to really yep. kind of take charge it all kind of happened at uh, once against, sure. uh, against East and really you know put you know put East behind the eight ball I mean, it was like in the final score that game was 11-4 to four, and once Plano really made that mm-hmm. move it was the same time when Wiley was making its move against Allen and um, you know because Allen got off to a 4-0 lead against Wiley then gave up six unanswered runs and was down Six to four, entering the bottom of the seventh, and by that point, like the Plano Plano East game was pretty much out of reach for East. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, I mean, it was. I'm not sure how many people within the, uh, you know, at the uh, at the park knew that at the time. That I mean, it was right there for Allen if they could just if they could just mount one more comeback. And sure enough, they were able to score uh, three runs in the bottom of the seventh. They loaded the bases um, with two outs. And then they got um, you know a couple clutch singles from uh, from Malia Ross and uh, Melanie Meek mm-hmm. to uh, you know to seal the uh, the comeback win. I mean it was I mean it's about as emotionally an outcome to a game as yeah. I've ever seen a team as yeah. far as just I mean how like I mean there were players that were on the you know, having to choke back tears. They were so happy. Yeah. I mean, just uh, it's been a long time coming for Allen. I had some emotion the other way for sure. Yeah, <laughs> in my game. That's that's, yeah. that's a you know that was a tough break for the uh, yeah. you know, for the Lady Panthers of Plano East. But with this Allen team now, you look at because now that the euphoria kind of settled down mm-hmm. and now like oh yeah we actually have another <laughs> game to play this is a thing that we have to do now yeah, we have to actually continue playing softball a, it's not just something to make the playoffs now you actually have to right. go and you know and we'll see what they can do because like i think about this um you know where flower mounds at relative to uh you know last year when they had a had, had a wiley team that was the four seed out of 66a and a team like wiley who is like the exact opposite from allen from a uh, playoff experience standpoint mm-hmm. this is taylor i told you before and i had a stat that was going to floor you and yeah it's just, you would not share it with me before this, yeah. before we recorded this. This so. just completely threw me off off uh, off my game when I was uh, you know doing the research for this. Wiley this year, Wiley's going to make the playoffs for the 24th straight season. Whoa. Wiley has not, Wiley has made the playoffs every single year Did we year choose since them to make the playoffs? We didn't. So. Why? Did, why? <laughs> have, yeah. like, why not? We look like more, let's see, yeah, wow. that's really the only stat we should have needed in order to, <laughs> when we were making our preseason predictions. Wow. But yes, Wiley's made the playoffs every year since, two, since 1995. If you guys can that's kind of get grasp that, yeah, that's the uh, it's the. I eight. was one. You were one year old. I was, I was one year old. <laughs> How about that? How does I that make you feel, Matt? I was still living in Massachusetts, 
Um, yeah, so yeah, they've made the playoffs 24 straight years. There, I mean, so yeah, like last year, it kind of puts into you know, perspective a little bit that upset just because you had a team like Wiley where the playoffs are the expectation. It's not a team that's ever going to balk, you know, under the postseason spotlight. Oh, never and, passed the third round, though, huh? Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah for for a program that's made the playoffs for 20 yeah uh, for almost. Uh, <laughs> Almost 25 straight years, but um, but nevertheless, you compare that though to this Allen team, which I mean, everything that happens later this week for them is going to be it's going to be brand new, completely new. Yeah, so there is kind of that element of the unknown. You're not really sure how Allen's going to handle that, but by that same accord, they've had such a pressure-packed home stretch mm-hmm. that they might feel like you know there's nothing Flymount can throw their way that they haven't already yeah. seen. I mean, they've already had to claw well, back from these. It's the the nothing to lose, mm-hmm. I think, attitude yeah. because it's literally like, what does Allen have mm-hmm. to lose at this point? They're like, the the girls on that team. Some of them were like, I I said I was one the mm-hmm. last time Wiley uh, or when they started their streak. The girls oh, yeah. on Allen's team were like one or two years old Melanie, the last uh, time they Me- made Meek, the playoffs. Melanie Meek, who was the one that had the walk off uh, the walk off single to score the final two runs, she said that she was in kindergarten the yeah. last time that Allen made the playoffs. And I mean, yeah, it's been so literally. What did they have to lose? Do you know what they're there? I mean, I, I'm sure that Phillips Manuel will mm-hmm. will not uh, preach that attitude. I guess. I mean, maybe oh, yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit, but I mean, the expectation is obviously to to go and try to win softball games. Mm-hmm. But I think if you ask any of them to to really be honest, it's like. You know, we're we're in. We're just going to continue to to have fun and, and do what we do because that's something that I think you know when you watch Allen play, uh, the resilience is the first thing mm-hmm. because basically every time we've seen them play, it's been you know coming back and and not really giving in, especially like you said the last week and, and getting in. But now it's just you know it's all gravy from here. It's mm-hmm. just you know we're in. Uh, we think we can we can make some noise, and but if we don't, you know what. <laughs> It's it's okay. It's going to be all right. Well, they're going to have to be not too uh, excited and real focused against the Flower Mound team that's going to test them in the field on the bases mm-hmm. because Flower Mound loves to run those bases, and yep. they're going to put the pressure on Allen, assuming they get runners on. Yeah. So. One um, one little tactical wrinkle that I'm anxious to see if Allen kind of builds off of. I hadn't seen the team do this. I guess Allen has you know kind of tinkered with this beforehand. Mm-hmm. But against Wiley, what um, what head coach uh, Philip Spaniel did is first off, Allen has two pitchers, Kelsey Delap and Lauren Lopez, mm-hmm. uses both of them pretty regularly. What he did was um, Lopez got the start, and then once Lopez went through the first uh, you know the first nine mm-hmm. at bats, the first time through the order, then he brought in Delap, and Delap went the next nine at bats yep. and just kept. Rotating the two pitchers just in an effort in the attempt to try to keep Wiley, yeah. you know, off balance. I've never seen that tactic. Before, I saw but Tuesday. I'm trying to remember. They both threw Tuesday <laughs> when I was there, yeah. uh, and Lopez started um, kind of like your game. I don't remember if it was as clean cut as you know, one time through the order, second yeah. time through the order, because I remember the lap um, pitched. It seemed like a lot more on Tuesday. Um, and and Spaniel even talked about that after the game. She was battling through some some illness and stuff like that. But I I know she threw significantly more I think mm-hmm. than Lopez. But yeah, it's it's interesting because they're definitely a team that um, you look at teams around the district. You look at Plano with with Roden, and you look at you know Wiley with Annie Gunther, and mm-hmm. you look at teams. A lot of teams that go to the playoffs and and make runs in the playoffs have okay. Here's our here's yeah. our girl that, in the circle. Is. Here's our here's our ace. Yeah. We're gonna run her out every game. She's going to try to go seven innings every game, but Allen doesn't have that. Allen says, okay, these are our two. We're going to rotate them. We're going to do what we can and, and use them to the best of our ability uh, to get through softball games. So it, it is a little bit of an interesting thing, and, and it uh, will be interesting to see if they continue doing that 
uh, in the playoffs when when everything's on the line. Should be a, should be a fascinating series. Allen just in the element of the unknown versus a Flower Mound team that is obviously very mm-hmm. very hungry to snap this little uh, this minor little first round uh, draft that they've been mired in. Um, let's look at let's see elsewhere throughout the five six A versus six six A by district matchups. We should say at least from a schedule standpoint that a lot of these matchups at least at the time of this recording have not been mm-hmm. decided. You know right. a lot of that information is going to come down on Tuesday, and obviously um, we'll know who Plano is going to play on um, on Tuesday because Marcus and LD Bell have a play-in game uh, tonight um, out of Colleyville Heritage to determine that last playoff spot in um, in 5-6-A. Let's at least talk at least about the equation that we from that uh, from that matchup that we know is going to be in the playoffs, and that is Plano, mm-hmm. a Plano team which you know expectations I'd imagine are fairly high for Plano entering this postseason. They won District 6-6-A. They went 13 and one. They're riding a 10-game winning streak and have just I mean they've looked the part. I mean they've uh, you know they've the offense is coming in hot. They've scored at least 10 runs their past three games. Taylor, you got to see them mm-hmm. you know, on a, you know last Friday against against Plano East, and um, you know it's it was kind of a symptom of you know kind of earlier on in the season where you know just kind of be you know kind of coasting along there for right. a few innings and then just you know you hear the uh, you hear the cliche that uh, hitting is contagious, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's a play- team that this be- can yeah. better apply to right now than Plano Senior because it seems like once they start chaining together a few at bats, mm-hmm. I mean they just it, it's an avalanche. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a, I mean that's how it was on Friday, and mm-hmm. it was a weird atmosphere kind of Friday because uh, they had obviously already locked up the district title but East was you know it was senior night East was coming to play at their place so they were still up for that game for sure and um the the kind of rumbling around I mean you'd think a team that went 13 and 1 and 10 game winning streak after Friday Mm -hmm. um would be pretty confident heading to the playoffs but there were a little bit of rumblings from from fans I heard and 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 uh People in the box and all that kind of stuff. Of you know, the bats had been a little slow on the uptake. Um, you know, some some girls in the middle of their order hadn't been hitting uh, at the rate that they probably should should be, uh, and and they cruised through six six a. But obviously, you need you know more than that in the playoffs. So I think that that fifth inning, uh, they beat East with a eight run fifth. Uh, when I think they had it was either four or five hits and and a lot of walks and stuff too. But just a huge inning, and I think it was kind of like one big collective mm-hmm. sigh of relief. Like it was kind of just like okay. Like, you know, we can still hit the softball. We're going to be okay. You know, we're the district champions for a reason. Um, our offense is going to be fine. And, and I think there's a lot of confidence. They went ballistic after after the win, oh, yeah. which, you you know, they've already locked up the district title. They've already locked up everything. But that's a team that, that really likes to have fun and mm-hmm. is, is really high energy. I think of all the teams that I've seen this season, their energy is is you know, double or triple what most teams bring. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So I think they're they're riding high and they're and they're feeling good and I think they're they're confident now that you know they're gonna they're gonna go to the playoffs and and hit the softball for sure. What I'm anxious to see with this Plano team is if they can overcome what's been a couple uh, a couple torturous years in the second yeah. round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Plano has had you know no trouble getting past the first round, but it has been that uh, that area round where they've been dealt um, what's been some pretty just in hindsight some pretty harsh exits. I was um, I was at the game in 2016 um, against Mansfield. It was game two of that series, and um, you know Plano was uh, you know they were leading you know five to one heading into the bottom of the six a game that just Plano was just dominating in every mm-hmm. conceivable way. And then they gave up six runs in the bottom of the sixth inning and lost seven to five. And just just completely blindsided by just this out of nowhere blitz by Mansfield. And just the look on the team's faces afterwards, it was just shell shocked. I mean just like they couldn't believe what had just happened. Just a game that they were in complete control of. Mm-hmm. Felt like a game three was just a foregone conclusion and then Mansfield just blindsides and with a six run uh, barrage there in the bottom of the six. So then like they get those six runs in the bottom of the sixth and Plano has to turn around right. and Top of the seventh, and 
that's their last chance. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, yes, it was just um, just tough, tough way to exit. And then last year, they um, they were one strike away from eliminating uh, Waco Midway in the uh, in their second round matchup mm-hmm. in Game Three. Um, it was a two-two count. Um, you know, I was not at this game, but um, you know, according to head coach Molly Pipak, it was a uh, it was a pitch from Ronnie Roden that was uh, it was a fifty-fifty call mm-hmm. whether it was a strike or a ball. Obviously, Coach Pipak thought it should have been a strike, right. but nevertheless, it was called a you know ball three for a full count, and then the very next pitch, um, you know, midway slugs the uh, you know the uh, the tying run comes in, and then they go into extras, and then Plano loses in ten innings. So I mean, they've been I mean, it's you know they've they've been dealt some pretty harsh luck you know over the last uh, couple of years. So looking at um you know we'll see what happens who they uh, who they draw between. Um, you know, Marcus and L.D. Bell, but, uh, you know, Plano is obviously, uh, you know, this is a team that has, you know, they're among the better teams in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, they should conceivably, on paper, you know, the path is there for them to make a run, you know, yep. to the at least the third round where they could potentially play Flower Mound. Um, but, you know, they've they've got to slay those, uh, you know, get that second-round monkey off their back because it's been, I mean, their players, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, their senior core players like, you know, Bronnie Rode, Lindsay mm-hmm. Edwards, um, you know, Emily Knight, like they've been around these past two years. Right. And they were very key parts to these teams that, and they're the playoffs, with a lot of promise, mm-hmm. but just had a uh, you know just had a just just some just some bad luck at the, at the worst possible time. Um, JC, just a quick comment on uh, on Marcus, just because you know yeah. they obviously have a have a chance to uh, to work their way into the mix here, and um, we'll see what they can do against uh, LD Bell. But just yeah. how are the uh, Lady Marauders faring right now as they look ahead to their playing game? Well, obviously they split with Bell, that's why yeah. you have a playing game. But um, got to give some props to Marcus to even get to this point. You know, mm-hmm. they start the second half, they're playing uh, Hebron, and they have a. F- score four runs in the top of the uh, seventh they need to tie up Hebron mm-hmm. and then end up losing in the bottom half on a walk-off hit so mm-hmm. it looked like that might have been kind of the end of their season mm-hmm. but they've came out of nowhere they've won their last four games including beating first place Flower Mound and second place Carroll to even get to this point so mm-hmm. four big wins in a row so Marcus is playing pretty well and looking to keep it rolling to get back in the playoffs for the second year in a row. How about, um, let's see, let's then take a quick look at uh, Hebron versus uh, versus Denton Guy. This isn't a cross-market one, but obviously, Justin, you cover you cover Hebron. You've been following yeah. them um, all season. You know, the, uh, you know, at least on, on Geyer's end, you know, we, I mean, you saw you saw mm-hmm. Geyer, at least during district, you know, they, they finished second in 6-6-A. I've noticed just kind of looking over just um, just some numbers. Looks like the offense has kind of, you know, cooled down a little yeah. bit over the second half of district. I mean, it, it, was, it was inevitable because they were just they were so hot the first half offensively. I mean, I saw them play East the first time, and it was just it was it was a barrage, mm-hmm. just completely. Uh, everybody could hit, you know, one through nine, um, and it just felt like it kept coming and kept coming. So it was. I think it was it was less of a cool down and more of kind of just maybe a return to, you know, an average that they probably are instead of just you know. Playing with their freaking hair on fire. I did the uh, the, the numbers. They, uh, they they totaled seventy two runs in the first half of district, yeah. just thirty two in the second yeah. half. So they um you know they'll see if they can I guess reignite that fire against a Hebron team that's plenty familiar with the uh, with the playoff yeah, setting and another LIS team plenty familiar with the playoffs and actually um, not a good sign for Geyer if they're kind of turning down because Hebron is on the uptick right Ooh. now. They actually had the best second half of any team in five six A. They went six and one. Their wow. only loss was to Flower Mound. They lost that one three zero, and they also took Flower Mound to extra innings the first time they played. So um, Hebron's sh- shown they can play with the uh, top teams. They got a big win over Carroll to mm. lock up the third seed on Friday, thirteen to ten. So a little slugfest there. So um, and Hebron can hit the ball. Their top six hitters are all back and um, all having. Big seasons. Um, Macy Noose, Cecily Thompson, Maddie UC, Madison Butler, Kennedy Hernandez, Audrey Fox are all back for Hebron and having good seasons. Um, Hernandez just went three for four with three RBIs in that win over Carroll. Mm-hmm. 
And then Fox is obviously Hebron's uh, top pitcher as well, so she's having a strong season. So pretty balanced team. They've shown the ability to put up runs and do so against some quality pitching. So I think uh, Denton Geyer is going to have their hands full. And that one is going to be Friday out at North Texas. A one, a one game, no series there, just a one game playoff in the Biden Interesting. Round, so. I wonder a push for the one for the one series. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't got a talk to, chance to talk to Coach Gwynny over there yeah. yet, but... Um. So, um, so yeah, I guess then just uh, before we round this out, just a quick look. I'm um, just kind of around the rest of the Region One bracket because obviously Region One has a tendency to kind of be a bit uh, a bit stronger, you know, just across all these uh, all sports. I mean, obviously all eyes are going to be on Keller, who's mm-hmm. in pursuit of a third straight state championship, and they enter as the number two ranked team in the state per the Texas Girls Coaches Association. You could get though. I mean, it's because if you look at uh, teams like Plano and Flower Mound, you know, a lot, you know, a lot that's key to a deep playoff run can sometimes just be where you're seated, mm-hmm. just relative to the other power house teams in that region and the uh, the top half of the region 16a bracket you've got Keller um, you know Keller is in that portion as is Mansfield who is ranked number three in the state those two teams could conceivably play in the third round so you'd have I mean that those two will uh, you know will take care of each other at some point you've also got Duncanville who's ranked number seven in the state in that top half so the uh, the ingredients are there for at least Plano and Flower Mound Flower Mound's actually ranked number 13 in the state uh, Plano at number 18 per the TGCA they could conceivably we play in the third round, and I mean the the path is there. From a, if you just look at kind of where the power lies in that bracket, it seems like the top yeah. half, the, mm-hmm. the path that Plano and Flower Mound won't have to worry about until the regional finals. Right. You know, if they're able to advance that far. So I mean, it's the the roadmap is there for either of those teams if they can yeah. get hot to it. You know, to make some uh, make some noise for the postseason. So we've actually got a you know a few other districts to talk about. Um, Did we mention that? Six six A swept this playoffs last year. We didn't, but yeah, yeah that's also another <laughs> fascinating subplot too, because you wouldn't expect that yeah. with um, just the job that Louisville ISD does. But yes, this was one of the few sports last year between these two districts where you had a clean sweep on one side. Um, yeah, six six A took care of business, and not in a you know, in a lot of those games weren't a, weren't all that competitive, yeah. if I recall. So. Um, you know, it's the uh, the onus is on uh, District Five Six A to return fire and at the very least try and uh, you know see if they can make this uh, you know a bit more competitive than it was at this point uh, last year. But um, let's see before we finish up with the uh, you know taking a look at nine six A, ten six A, and eleven six A, we're going to quickly shift gears to track for our uh, fast forward rewind student athlete spotlight. Um, you know we're halfway through the track and field postseason. Uh, last week McKinney North, um, the two time reigning state champions on the girls side. Um, you know, they captured their fourth consecutive area championship. One of the runners who has been very uh, integral to that uh, to that effort has been uh, Janiah Martin, one of their star sprinters. Um, for our student athlete spotlight, our student athlete spotlight this week, Kendrick Johnson was out and chatted with uh, Janiah on just the progress that she's been making this season, as well as the Lady Bulldogs as they prepare to defend their state championship. And here's what she had to say. Kendrick Johnson coming to you once again for our fast forward rewind segment. This week's guest. McKinney North star sprinter Janiah Martin, five-time state champion individually, two-time runner-up. So, what's your goals going the season? Since you've done so much already, you've you done what some people done a career already. You still got one more shot at this. Yeah, we do. Um, basically, just to stay focused as a team together. So, focus on our goals, not like jump ahead to even though we have accomplished so much great things in the past. That's still the past. And we're just looking forward to the future at one minute at a time. So really just staying, staying focused and being positive with each other. On the individual level, how big a deal is it to get that 200 gold back around uh, you, around your that neck? That is a big one. That's, that's a big goal in my it's, it's pressure, but, you know, I, I can deal with it. Um, I really want it, but I know there are a lot of girls that come 
again when I see the originals, I'll, I'll be ready. Tell me this, you won the 400 last year, that wasn't even like your go-to sport. Is there any inclination like to defend that, knowing that, hey, I did that, that's not even my go-to event? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was just a one-time thing. You know, I decided to try that out, you know, just because that was just an opportunity that was that year. Um, but, you know, that's fine, I did it once, I'm happy with it, and, you know, just like, give it to the actual 400-meter runners that run it, that's <laughs> my race. I just want, you know, just to try it out, it went good for me, so I'm really blessed that happened, but... Yeah, I'm just going to leave that to that, because the 400 is my baby, not 400, 200 is my baby, so. So, so there was that, even though you, as great as season you had, is that kind of like the, the, the negative that you need to keep you keep you focused this year, getting second last year? Uh, or just one of those things, that it, just, it just happened and you just learned from it? Uh, I mean, I learned from it. It did kind of sting that I got second, but, you know, that was the result. I placed, I was happy with it. But this year, you know, it's redemption to get it back, so, yeah, I try to keep that in mind. Was it to be the captain of the McKinney North track team, two-time defending state champion? I, I literally look like everybody look for you for directions. Like you're the captain out there, for like in any way, shape, form, or fashion. How does that feel? That how that was responsibility. I bet there's a lot of pressure come with that too. Uh, it, it does, but you know it's rewarding. You know, just knowing that um, I know what has happened. I know what goes on. That they can look for me for guidance because you know I was the same freshman that needed you know um, guidance and knowledge from other people. Just so it's really a blessing just to know. My role to step up and like look after my little ones, so it's really cool. <laughs> to give some insight to you and Coach Richard's relationship and how much of an asset she is to this program. Uh, she's a huge part of my life. How's it feel to be one of the most decorated athletes to ever come out of MISD? Uh, it's a blessing. Um, really, just, like I said, just knowing that I've worked so hard to get to that point. Because honestly, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to show. And that is so true. I come out here every day working my butt off, trying to be the best I've become and just know that it has shown my work, hard work has shown up. It's, it's really great. Does it bother you the fact that you've accomplished so much and people kind of overlook you still? Uh, not really, because I like being the underguard, underdog. I like proving to people that, you know, like just because I'm running against this girl or that girl, that, you know, I can still come out on top and, you know, put my best out there. So, no, I like, I like the freshmen. I love people that they don't expect much from me. But, yeah, it's, it's a really good, you know, experience. Same with that thing. Does it, is it, how does it feel? In fact, y'all two-down defending champion. I know y'all lost a lot of talent. Yeah. But people are unanswering y'all again. And y'all defended two-time champs. It's crazy. It's crazy, but you know. You know, I can't change what people think cause, just because we lost a lot of talent. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we get as many. Because that's our goal for, you know, just to get as many people down there to state. So, we... Uh, uh, I just don't have a chance. It's honestly like the state title is not in our mind. It's just really just getting people to state. That's what we're focusing on this year. So we'll find out if that's possible. Hopefully it is, but we're not really looking for that goal right now. 
That's why I'm talking to Coach Richards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the high school version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see myself sometimes when she's coaching. I'm just like, dang, I'm actually turning into her sometimes. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> hey, what makes you sign with A&M? How excited are you to be an Aggie? So you got the shirt on and everything. Yeah, you are, you are, You are in that Aggie mode. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, why are you choosing A&M? It was just a great family-oriented school. I love Coach Anderson. I love Coach Henry. I love the school. I love the academic level. It's just like the school. I just I just saw myself as an Aggie, so that's why you know I mainly chose it because it's just like it's so great down there in College Station. It's like just really, just, you know, family oriented. Like I said, and I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to you know be with Julia again and all those girls. Uh, just learn from them with their knowledge and wisdom. For me to become a better athlete than I already am. How much is the knowledge factor? They're down there right now. That's they giving you information that gets you ready. How much is that gonna get you ready for that next level oh, before you even get that, there? That's gonna get me pumped. Um, just knowing that they're gonna have my back. Cause I like I I love hanging out with them. They're such nice people, wonderful girls that are just so sweet and like positive to be around. So I can't wait to actually you know go down there and train, you know, hang out and eat, like you know just be a part of that family. So I'm really excited. And for people that just see the state titles and see all the medals that y'all get individually as a team, what about the McKinney North Track Program? Has you and other people ready to um, be great track stars in college and succeed in life? Oh my gosh, it's really, that's basically like one of Coach's main goals to like, you know, instill into us just because, you know, we're great here. She just gets us ready, you know. That's why we do such hard workouts, like, and, like, and we talk like in meetings, like, you know, uh, character curriculum and stuff like that and just becoming just not a better athlete but just a better person so it's really really helpful how cool is it to be the fact that, that you have other star talents like somebody like London Colbert and stuff that, that's joining the spotlight with you that everybody come to, everybody when, when people talk about Kitty North Track they say Janaya Martin and London Colbert they throw your name out there yeah, that... it's cool that you know they not just say you know just one of us individually because we're a team it's nice that you know they incorporate everyone that has you know done help because it, honestly it's just not me and London that just do all this hard work we have like Danielle we have Alana we have Michaela we have Brooke we have all these girls that help us in our aspects not just individually but for the whole team so you know so you know win and just you know be proud of our results and stuff like that how cool is it to get that fourth area? All four years, get, get through area yeah. and be able to put that four up last yeah. week. <laughs> it was really nice. It was really nice. It's all how hard this year, especially as all years have been challenging, but this has been, you know, uh, the most challenging since there's a lot of great schools and a lot of great competitors. It was really just, you know, a refreshing feeling when we heard our name and we just screamed. We were just like, yes, we did it. It was it was really, you know, rejuvenating. Is there is it any um, harder to be around people that, like, you know what y'all about to go through, but the next yeah. couple weeks, the others, uh, besides, like, somebody like London that was here last year, most of these girls don't know what y'all going to have to go through the next three weeks. Is that something? How are you going to be able to portray your experiences to help them out? They know. They know. Uh, we've seen them. We've talked about it. Um, but I feel like that pressure also gets us ready, just knowing that, you know, we're going to go up to the best schools in Texas. But I feel like, you know, as long as we hang in with them, we can, you know, possibly, you know, hang in with it. Hang in with them and, you know, surprise some people. So, yeah. Well, we see you anchoring this year. Kalasha, you were either one or two. I was, I was first. Like, I am anchoring. It's, you know, it's a tough choose to fill with Julia, but, you know, 
I'm excited to push it, you know, I'm going to do this for my team, um, and I'm just excited to get down there and just, you know, get that stick and run, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a message for um, Bulldog Nation and people seeing this video that's been supporting uh, you for all these years? Uh, thank you for supporting me, I appreciate it, especially to my haters um, that uh, haven't, you know, said stuff, but you know, I'm here now, and I'm proud uh, to be with them, and I'm so thankful for my definitely work hard, but you definitely seem to have a chip on your shoulder. Oh, yeah, I do, but you know, that's fine. You know, I've always had that chip, and just, it doesn't bother me. You know, I've dealt with it. I know how to deal with the pressure, like I said before. Um, and it's nice to have it, but, you know, um, I just have, as much haters as I have, I have that more of supporters, so that's fine. That's a wrap here yeah. for McKinney North <laughs> with state champion Janiah Martin looking to <laughs> add to her lofty goals yeah, this totally. like next two weeks is it's, it's go time yeah it is it is and we're ready we're ready, we're ready. <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> that's right for the fast forward rewind segment this weekend all right thank you appreciate it thanks again to uh to kendrick and uh janiah for that i that little chit chat right there so um in the time uh in the time during that interview we snapped our fingers and we turned taylor raglan into devin hassan so uh devin who does sports for uh for mesquite and rowlett he is here to help uh, break down the back half of the uh, of the cl- of our uh, Class Six A softball uh, playoffs, and um, yeah, we can start with a look at uh, at Nine Six A versus Ten Six A, where we got some cross market love, and it seems like these two have matched up quite a bit in the first round this postseason. We have another uh, installment of the Rowlett Capel uh, playoff rivalry, <laughs> and uh, so um, yeah, this. Uh, I mean, I'll let you guys kind of take it from here. Just um, Devin, I guess start with Rowlett and um, what the uh, what the Lady Eagles are up against heading into the uh, into the postseason. Well, you know, this is the 14th straight year uh, that Rowlett's made the playoffs. They're no stranger to the postseason, but this is not the same kind of Rowlett team uh, that we've seen in years past. Just because last year they won the Co-District Championship, but they graduated essentially their entire starting lineup, mm-hmm. and it was just it was it, very few times during this run of playoff uh, appearances have they been hit that hard by graduation. So they were simply just trying to plug a lot of new players into some holes, uh, having some different players kind of step up, and they struggled a little bit. I mean, they they got hit hard by the weather also mm-hmm. early on, and, and at a time when they needed innings, they were only able to play six non-district games before the start of the 10-6A season. Uh, they went 0-6 in those games, so they took their share of lumps, uh, kind of turned things around uh, during the 10-6A season, you know, say what you will about the top to the bottom quality of that district. Mm-hmm. That probably had a little bit to do with it, but they, they did what they had to do to, uh, to earn that fourth seed. Uh, they, there is a little bit of experience left. Uh, Kayla Castillo was one of the key players in last year's run. Uh, Kristen Bisong has stepped into the kind of the starting pitching role. Uh, she was a member of last year's team. Maya Fix, Ashton Norberg, players like that that um, that played smaller roles that have been asked to take on more responsible. A responsibility this year. Um, they've had some players step up. I mean, Jesse Davis is Je- Jesse Davidson is a nice little freshman. Uh, she's pitched for him. She hits in the leadoff spot. Emily Everett, uh, Caitlin Dots, Kelsey Dots. They've had some players step up. But again, from a firepower standpoint, I don't know if this is the same kind of rattlet team that we've seen in the past. They have not missed out on the second round of the playoffs since 2008. Wow. But um, extending that streak against a very, very good Coppell team is going to be a tall tour. Yeah, Coppell team that's kind of, uh, I guess, taking an opposite approach. They're looking to kind of get back into their postseason winning ways. Last year they won in the in the by district round. That was their first time since 2010. So looking for back-to-back playoff wins for the first time since 2008-2009. And 
back then, Coppell was actually kind of a softball power. You know, they, they were in the third, fourth round a couple of those years. Kind of mm -hmm. stepped back for whatever reason, but are looking to kind of get back to those ways. And they have a good amount of players back from last year's team that just dominated district. Uh, they did the same thing again this year in 9-6-A. It's, it's just funny to look at that these are softball <laughs> scores. <'cause laughs> it, it just seems like these are one-sided football games, yeah. defensive struggles, you know. 10-0, They won four games, 17-0. But um, they actually, for the first time in two years in 9-6-A, got a tough test the other day. They beat Berkner 2-1 to and needed a walk-off hit. So oh. I want to say it's only the second, third time in the last two years that they've had a 9-6-A softball game that actually went seven innings, <laughs> as crazy as that is. So, But maybe that's something that'll kind of spark them going forward, actually being in a competitive district game like that with Berkner and, and pulling it out. But um, yeah, a lot of talent on the Coppell team. Uh, Nora Rodriguez is pretty strong in the circle. She's a three-year pitcher for them, junior now. And then some pretty good hitter also. She hits leadoff for them. But then pretty good balance lineup. Caitlin O'Quinn had that walk-off hit against Berkner and Claire George, Logan Kegley, all back with uh, varsity experience, as is Chloe Barkley and Chloe Barker and Riley Anderson. Mm -hmm. So, pretty uh, experienced Coppell team and looking to get back to the second round for the second year in a row. Another uh, another matchup of note from uh, from our markets in that uh, between those two districts, we have the top seed out of that district, one's going to uh, be at Lone Star on Friday. By the okay, way, that's another, right. Yeah, another, Riley Coppell, just a just a one gamer, another so one gamer. Yeah, winner take all. Between the uh, between the Cowgirls and the Lady Eagles, um, we have another matchup though between uh, I guess the top seed out of ten six a Saxy as they uh, as they embark on a uh, it's been a it's been a pretty uh, pretty nice past uh, you know for the, at least the uh, the girls sports over at Saxy once the playoffs get rolling Saxy's done a uh, they've shined quite a bit we'll see if the softball team can keep rolling but they open up against uh, Lake Highlands the number four seed out of uh, out of nine six a just uh, Devin a comment on Saxy and just how the uh, how the Lady Mustangs are looking right now uh, well last season Saxy had a really young team. Um, they kind of grew up as the season progressed. They captured, they shared the district championship. Mm -hmm. uh, first time in school history. Uh, given what Rowlett had lost and what they returned, they entered this year as a prohibitive favorite, and they really did nothing to uh, diminish those thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the lopsided nature of the Coppell scores. Uh, it was the same with Saxe. Really? I mean, they, they outscored their opponents 195-7 to 7 in, their, uh, <laughs> in their 12 games. And if you take Jeez. out the, the hmm. one game that they did not run rule their opponent was Rowlett. Mm -hmm. uh, which was an eleven to five game in the first uh, in the first meeting, and obviously if you take that out, it's so, one hundred and eighty so four to two in the other the other eleven district games. I mean, it was just uh, again that 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 ten six a is not the strongest mm -hmm. top to bottom district, so you have a lot of those. But but the way they were able neither to dominate neither is nine six a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but you know, just they still were able to go out there and, and dominate again. Say what you will, but, you know, playoff teams, but um, mm -hmm. still go out there and take care of business. Uh, Caitlin Lusk was. A the pitcher of the year in the district as a, as a freshman last year. Uh, basically pitched every inning for Saxe. Uh, she's been joined. Maddie Boyd, a junior who did not pitch last year, has come on and they've really split duties. In fact, Maddie Boyd has more innings uh, on the mound than uh, Caitlin Lust, but that gives them two options going forward into the playoffs. Um, you know, you just go down their lineup. Caitlin Lusk leads off. She's hitting 431. You know, Sarah Wheeler, 330. Savannah Williamson, 519. She's got some power. Uh, Maddie Boyd, 385. Couple home runs. Taryn Luttrell, uh, their sophomore catcher. Um, you know, you go across the board, keep going down. Victoria Ochoa, Shayla Barlow, who missed a lot of the season but is back and making a contribution. Baylor Balderson. All these players are hitting 
320, 330 at least, and a lot of them are over 400. Uh, Saxville coming to this game hitting about 355 as a team. Again, part of that is 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 kind of the competition, the level of competition they played. But even in non-district play, they're a team that was able to hit. Um, Again, they got they have experience uh, for the last couple of years. They worked a couple of freshmen, Caitlin Clem and Nia Brown, have made an impact. Uh, I just mentioned they're not a stranger to the playoffs. This is their thirteenth playoff appearance overall, eleventh in a row. But success yeah, has been coming right now. It's yeah. been tough to come by. They have not yeah. made it out of the first round since two thousand eleven. Yeah. Uh, last season, they entered as the number one seed, as fate would have it, against Lake Highlands, and wow. Lake Highlands is the fourth seed, pulled out an eight to two victory. Um, and uh, again, as, as fate would have it, we have the exact same scenario. They're playing the early game, one-game playoff, Thursday <laughs> at 7 o'clock at the Garland High School softball field. Okay. The exact same situation as last year. So um, I know, obviously, this year's group uh, is coming in with a lot more confidence. They used that, they've used that loss last year's motivation to get back. Um, but in a one-game situation, anything can oh, happen. Yeah, and so I think it's really important for them to get off to a good start in that game because, oh, yeah. you know, it if they if Lake Highlands is able to strike first and get up and get a little bit of momentum, that feeling of hey, here we go again, creeps like a in, game and in the third inning, and yeah, and where one where they don't want to get into a situation where one play can ultimately affect the outcome of the game. What, what was that district number you had for them? The, the, the scoring this, the overall scoring was yeah. one ninety five to seven. Okay, which I don't I don't, I don't even know if Coppell gave up seven uh, runs. No, Coppell's was one fifty two to four. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Including, Lake Highlands, they outscored them thirty to zero in their two games. And, and you mentioned the game against Burtner. I, I, you yeah. know, even if it's just one test at the end of the season, it's good to have yeah. that. You know, in the last Absolutely. week or two of district play, uh, just to have, you know, I yeah, guess just to have your pitcher pitch yeah. a full game. Just to remind yourself of what it's like to compete in a competitive. Throw, yeah, you have to throw strikes when you have to. Just little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. Then let's round this out with a quick look at. Um, we guess we've only got uh, one team from our markets out of uh, out of eleven six A heading to the postseason. That being uh, North Mesquite, and they draw the Woodlands. Uh, the Woodlands state ranked. I believe they're number. Let's see. What is it? Number twenty. They're tied for twenty fifth in the state yeah. per the TGCA. Um, so uh, Devin, a quick comment on the what I'm sure is going to be a game that's going to be right in our backyard. Tie, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Break that tie for twenty fifth. <laughs> yes. Between yes. Uh, between the uh, the Lady Stallions and uh, and the Woodlands. Well, you know as is the case with every one of these 11-6A, 12-6A matchups. It's really hard to get a, a feel on yeah. just how good. Uh, I know the Woodlands is strong all across the board in all sports. You'll, you'll run into that. It always seems like if a Mesquite ISD team is fourth seeded going into the playoffs in whatever sport, they always seem to be playing the Woodlands because the Woodlands always seems to be district champion in whatever yeah. sport that is. Um, I know they can hit. Uh, they were down. They spotted Lufkin a big early lead last Friday and then rallied back to win 9-7 to in a game that was ultimately for the district championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Mesquite, um, Back in the playoffs for the first time since 2012, uh, you know, they've had an up-and-down road. It's, it's really tough. You know, Rockwall and Rockwall Heath and Longview were three very solid teams, especially Rockwall, who went undefeated uh, in 11-6A. Uh, they came through when they had to. Their biggest game was late in the season against Horn. Those two teams entered the night tied for that fourth final playoff spot in North Mesquite. Uh, avenged an earlier loss. They won 13-3. to 
Um, so that built game confidence. They've actually played some of those top teams well. Um, Longview, they had a couple. Of, uh, they lost by two the last time, two nothing. Uh, this is a Longview team that's twenty and five, I believe. Uh, they have a senior pitcher in Brittany Thomas, uh, who's also their three hole hitter. Uh, Alexis Foreman, Avery, Avery Valdez do a really good job at the top of the order, kind of setting the table. And they have some pop in the middle. Haley Mitchell, uh, Lauren Jenkins, Destiny Ponciano, uh, Carson Lampkin, Carissa Smith. These are girls that can hit and North Carolina can score some runs. Their big problem sometimes is defense. Okay. They have a tendency to um, to I guess let get away from them, and they they can they can hit with anybody for the most part. Mm-hmm. But if they're committing five, six, seven errors and giving up a lot of unearned runs, they've had some games get away from them in that respect. Okay. Is that um, is that just going to be a three-game series? or? A it, it is going to be a three-game series. We're going to start Thursday at the Mesquite Girls Softball Complex at 6.30. Uh, take a day off Friday and then switch gears to the Woodlands. We have a 1 o'clock uh, Game 2 uh, at the Woodlands High School, and then Game 3, if necessary, will be 30 minutes after uh, Game 2. Okay. So, yeah, that'll just about uh, wrap it up for at least our uh, the Class 6A portion of our uh, softball playoff preview. Like I said, we will touch on Class 5A um, later in the week on, on Thursday, right? Right as the postseason is about to get underway. Uh, Devin, Justin, appreciate y'all for tagging along. Once we turn you back into Taylor, thank him as well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, guys, hey, I appreciate y'all for checking this out. Um, y'all enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Thanks again to our sponsors, Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.